welcome to another episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. Excited today. We've got a wonderful list of guests today that we can talk about business with, and uh, four of them, in fact, to a full slate. Uh, we've got someone who buys and sells businesses, Jennifer Bailey with Walden Businesses. We've got someone who develops businesses, Veronica Maldonado-Torres with Georgia Mentor Protege Connection. That's a lot. See, your long name and you got a long company name. This is just, I mean, it's going to be hard. It's a mouthful, but oh. it, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. I'll do good the best stuff. I can. I'll just, I'll just say, because V, you're on, right? How's that? I, I'll be ready. All right, very good. And then we have two business owners that uh, I've known for a long time and, and just really love and respect, and that's uh, David Buxbaum with Atlantic Closet and Storage Solutions and Travis Giles with McMahon's Clothing resplendent in his pink shirt and, and three-piece suit today. <laughs> awesome. We'll hear about that. So let's start with you, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. Walden Businesses. Yes. And just to clarify, we don't actually buy or sell the businesses ourselves. We assist in the buying and selling process. We are intermediaries in the process. I appreciate you doing that because, <laughs> yeah, I tend to kind of go with a big picture and well, forget and some people about the think details. That. Yeah, they think yeah. that that we, we're like house flippers. We are, we're, not, we're not business flippers. We, okay. We assist the, the owners and the buyers in the process. Both sides. Both sides. All right. Well, tell us more a little bit about the uh, sell side. What does that include? Well, when you when you start up your business, you're really excited. And Veronica and I were just kind of talking about this before the show. You're so excited. You've got this great idea and you've got all this energy and you're ready to go. And And you don't really think about what happens in 15, 20, 30 years. You're excited. Um, and then you you do well and you're successful and 15, 20, 30 years pass by and you're like, where did time go and what do I do? And so many times we talk to business owners that never really thought about the process. And then something's happened in their life and they're like, I'm ready to go and I want to sell right now. And that's really usually not the best time to think about it. unless you've just been a really well-run organized business. You need to be thinking about this years ahead of time. Um, so just to run down the process of, okay. of selling a business and what we do, the, the first part when you're ready to look in that direction is planning, um, preparing that business for sale. Then we're going to go on a, on a buyer search and then there's the deal-making process. And finally, when we've all been successful, there's the closing table and the ownership transition. And we want all of those, those processes to be successful, uh, especially that transition part. Um, because when you start a business, when you, when you get, turn those reins over, you want the new owners to be successful in it as well. Um, so the planning part is very time-consuming. And I like to call us a partner. I don't... Um, I don't want people to look at it as I'm doing this for you. I want it, the, me and my clients to to look at it as a relationship where we partner together. We're working together and we're going to look at your business. We're going to look at the value. We're going to look at all the different parts and we're going to determine what the business is worth. We're going to package it. We're going to create marketing material. We're going to engage where you're actually legally, legally my client. This all sounds very complicated. <laughs> How long does this take? Well... You have to be prepared for a process. Yeah, I mean, apparently. the selling process can take anywhere on, I would say, on the best side from nine months, uh, but be prepared that it could take a couple of years. It, it, you know, we don't like for it to take that long, but it can. So 
when you're thinking, I, I want to sell, but I'm a couple years out. Well, how many is a couple years? Because if we're talking two, even three years, we need to be talking, we need to be talking right now. And especially depending on the industry that you're in and how difficult it is to find a buyer for that industry. So do you ever have someone who wants to go now and you have to tell them you're not ready? Yes, absolutely. How does that go? Absolutely. Uh, and I have, I have a personal motto where I'm not going to take any client. And I have, I have said that to, to many people. Um, and of course that's not what they want to hear. And I'm sure they can find someone else that's willing to take them, take them on. But our goal is to be successful. Our goal is at Walden is not to land a client. Our goal is to sell a client. So we need you to be sellable. So once you've done the planning process and the search begins, what's a typical time frame to go from search to closing? Is there a typical? That's a hard answer. Don't hold my feet to the fire on it because every every situation is different. But I would say plan on one to two years. It really? could be sooner and it could be longer, but plan on one to two years. So if you think mm-hmm. I'm gonna I wanna sell. If you, you're thinking, I want to sell in two years, we need to talk now. Yeah. So what does a seller need to consider before they work with someone like yourself? I think number one, because this is something that I find missing and it, and it sounds so basic, you need to understand your financial statements. Many, many, many business owners don't even know what they say. They get them from their accountant. They don't have regular financial statements to start with, or when they do get them from their accountant, they go in a drawer and they don't even look at it. They don't know what that balance sheet means. They don't understand the PL. They know, hey, I brought in this much money and I've got this much money left over at the end of the day. You need to understand your financial statements. You need I've to be, got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be looking at them every single month or more. I mean, you need to be watching those. You need to understand are your cost of goods in line with the industry standards? Um, did some, you would be surprised. How many people have employees steal from them and they don't even know Hmm. the employee was good at at hiding it in there. But if you're watching your financial statements and you're watching different percentages, I mean, that's one thing when I'm valuing a business, I I go down through and I, I just watch for any inconsistencies. Okay. Why was this expense 25% higher in 2015 than it was last year or in 2014? Was there something strange going on? And so many times I just have businesses look at me and say, or the owners look at me and say, I, I don't know. I, I need to go look at that. <laughs> but I don't the, remember right, is what I would say. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but I try to look for questions that a buyer is going to ask. Mm-hmm. You want to be prepared. When, you, when we find a good buyer for you and you don't have the answers to the tough questions, the buyers start to wonder what else don't they know. And you can have the perfect buyer and we're, you're going through due diligence and they get scared away. Because even though you may have a wonderful business, they're wondering, the doubt comes in. What, what right. else don't they know? What else don't we know as buyers? And then you end up losing a transaction over it. So I like to try to be prepared for all of those questions by looking at the numbers. But before I do, the business owner needs to understand those. Be prepared. Three years out, we're going to be really heavily focusing on three years of history and year to date. Okay. So now when, when, when sellers come to you, they're, they're wondering what is the value of the business they mm-hmm. might potentially buy, right? Yes. Do they ever come to you, does a seller ever come to you before you even do a search for a particular business that you're looking to sell? Does that ever happen? We, we typically work sell-side transactions. Most okay. of our clients are the sellers. Occasionally we do um, have a buyer representation, but yeah. I would say 99% of our clients are the sell side. But you need to understand the buyer. 
we do need to understand the buyer. We need to understand what's a good buyer for your business. And that's going to change depending on the size of the business, depending on what kind of business it is. But that's one of the things that we'll be looking at when we are analyzing the business is who do we think might buy this? Because we're going to strategically look for those buyers. Okay. So you're, you've got a buyer in, in, uh, in mind. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Veronica, you got a question? Yeah. You know, uh, typically we get a lot of businesses asking, and you've, you've raised some really key points. I mean, the financial, understanding your financials is mm-hmm. a critical component of a lot of what we do in our mentoring program. But um, I, I, small businesses also want to know, you know, what are the factors that contribute to, my, to the business worth? Like, what are the things that our folks are looking for? Um, you know, to establish our worth and what makes us sellable. Right. Well, one is what market are you in? Is it a market, you know, you'll hear the term multiples being thrown around when you start talking about, you know, business value. Different markets can command different multiples and different, some markets are harder to sell than others. Some some industries are more bankable than others. For, for example, construction-related businesses. Banks tend, not that they can't, won't finance them, but they tend to shy away from them. And that's going to make it more difficult. And it, if, if you're in a business that is heavily affected by swings in the economy or seasonal, if you've got high customer, high customer concentration will hurt you. If you have high customer concentration, that is something you need to look at now and see if you can't kind of water that down a little bit. What do you mean by that? You've got too much, too much revenue from one particular customer exactly. or one particular segment? Exactly. Okay. Yes. That's really going to hurt you because what the buyer is going to come in and look at is what happens if this customer goes away? I just lost this business I just I invested in. So if you've got high customer concentration, your value is going to be significantly reduced and it will make it much harder for you to sell. So those are things to be looking. It, it can yeah. take years for you to diversify those customers. Those are things to, to be looking at way ahead of time. Jennifer, this is fascinating. How did you get into this business? Where that, how'd you, how'd you land here? How did I land here? Boy, um, the, God has plans for us that we don't ever think about. I actually come to this from the sell side. Uh, really? I, yes, I sold an assisted living home a number of years ago. And so I completely understand this from the sell side transaction. Walden was responsible for that sale of my business. It was a great transaction. I still have a wonderful relationship with the buyers today. They found the perfect buyer for us, which which was a task for sure. And and honestly, I didn't think that that was what was going to happen. And I can tell you, because so many sellers are worried about what's going to happen once they go into this process, is is this process going to destroy their business? Is a sale going to destroy their business? They care about what happens after they're no longer at the reins. And I can tell you, when we sold our business, they did not lose one employee or one resident due to the ownership change. And I think that is a phenomenal statement right there. Excellent. Um, they're great. They can reach out to me today if they have a question. That they, they, they're, they're, they're good at what they do. So they don't usually need to, but you know, we just have that relationship and I can stop by. I still have what I call my people because that's that's a business of the heart. Yeah. Um, I need to I need to stop by and so did see you, them again. So when did it hit you that you wanted to work with Walden as you were selling your business? I had a bad experience with another I don't like to call myself a business broker, but that's another term. Yes. I like to be considered a, an M&A business intermediary, but we're also referred to as business brokers. Oh, wait, 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 a, M&A, mergers and acquisitions. Yes. Business intermediary. Business intermediary. Yes. Okay. Now, um, if I start talking about Veronica and her business <laughs> name right now, I'm going to get all tongue-tied. Okay. Uh, but I had a bad experience. Um, we were reaching the point and we knew we wanted to look at exiting. 
but when you're when you're in the business, I mean, what you do is not selling businesses. You don't even know where to go. Where do you even start with that, right? And I know I don't. Yeah, and yeah. and um, a lot of you probably get a lot of calls. You know, you'll get calls, you'll get letters, you'll get all of this uh, marketing collateral from from firms like ours. And we, do, I know, because I'm talking from the sell side now. As a business right. owner, you you ignore those, and they just they start to annoy you. And um, well, of course, I got all of those, and I got a letter one day from from another another firm, another person in another firm, and I called them. And when we worked together a little a little while, and I was not impressed. No, really, at all. He made me quite angry, actually, and I asked Whoa. him. To, he was he was welcome to leave. <laughs> you can go so, thrive elsewhere. You yes, I, I wasn't happy. So yeah. again, I understand what it's like to work with somebody that just does not match your principles. Yes. And um, then I'm left with, okay, great. Now where do I go? I really don't know. I know we're ready to look at exiting. I don't know how to do this. And it is not smart to try to sell your business on your own. There's so much that can go wrong there. So we were actually meeting with a financial advisor about something completely different. And we just mentioned to him that we w- would really like to, to pursue um, moving forward with this, but we, we were having a difficult time finding the right person to help us. And he handed me Chet Walden's card from Walden Businesses. Um, and we made that phone call and we just, we clicked from the very, very beginning. Chet, I say the word past tense, unfortunately, was a wonderful man, and um, he, he passed away in 2014. Um, we all miss him dearly, but he was our business broker, and he partnered with Sarah Burden, who is, um, she is now the, the brains behind Walden Businesses, and um, I'm fortunate to get to partner with her um, now, but he sold our business, and we had a, the opposite experience with Walden that we had had in the beginning with, with the other um, broker. And so I, I understand. That's great. I understand what it's like to, so know, ref- to work both It sides. was a referral. It was a referral. That might be a recurring theme mm-hmm. today. I'm mm-hmm. just guessing <laughs> maybe referrals. So <laughs> once again, this is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon with Sandra Training by Simon Inc. We've got wonderful guests today and we've been talking with Jennifer Bailey from Walden Businesses, who is a uh, intermediate. Uh, okay, let me try this again. Mergers and acquisitions, <laughs> business intermediary, business broker. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're, what we're doing here today is we're is we're taking Stephen Covey's advice and beginning with the end in mind. That's why I thought maybe we would start with Jennifer. So thank you so much. Bye. Now, Jennifer, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way? Well, they can call our office six seven eight two seven seven nine nine five one, and please ask for me. I'm at extension one five. What was that number again? Uh, six seven eight two seven seven nine nine five one extension one five. Um, you're welcome to look us up on our website, uh, Walden Bus W A L D E N B U S dot com, and my email address is jb at waldenbus dot com. So please do reach out to me. We sell businesses. It's that simple. That's what we do. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Thank feel you. free to keep talking as we meet with the other <laughs> guests today. So, Veronica. Yes, sir. You help develop businesses. We do that indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to work with Veronica. Come on. Let's, <laughs> I think we can make magic happen. All right. Georgia Mentor Protege Connection. Yes, sir. And I had the pleasure of being one of your guest speakers for one of your sessions one time. You are a sales guru. Well, someone has said that once. Yeah. Yeah. David's yeah. wondering if that's really true right now. He's a, <laughs> he's a client of mine. He's like, what? Uh, no, we'll talk King to of him. sales. <laughs> Nuggets of wisdom. Nuggets of wisdom. But it was fun and, and a very engaged group. These are all 
new business owners, right? Well, so the Georgia Mentor Protege Connection um, actually is a business development program in partnership with the state, with the Georgia Department of Economic Development. We've been around for about 17 years. And Georgia Tech, too, right? They uh, about- so they are engaged with us. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, we've been we've been developing small businesses between a million to 30 million in annual revenue. As I mentioned, for the past 17 years, it's the first state-sponsored mentor protege program in the nation. So we are the pioneers in developing businesses. How long have you been going? How long How long is the, have I been engaged or the program? The, the program. The program, 17 years. And it's the first one. First one of its kind. And there still isn't another one? Well, there's others. Okay. We're just the first. <laughs> okay. All right, good. 17 years. How long you been with it? Uh, going on six years. That's tremendous. Yeah. It's an amazing program. And we bring corporate giants like Coca-Cola, Home Depot, UPS, Georgia Power, Aflac. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, and they commit to mentoring a business for 12 full months. Um, we identify three specific areas of need that that business has to resolve during our time together. It could be, I want to position my business to sell. It could be, I want to enter the global marketplace. It could be, I need to revamp my marketing plan. I am not digital by any means, and I'm I'm still operating in old ways. It could be new technology. And so these uh, corporations come in, and we're basically an extension of their supplier development efforts. Uh, because we work with uh, supply chain, supplier diversity, procurement individuals who are really looking for um, small businesses to do business with, to help strengthen their brand and their product offering or service offering. So I was going to ask you, why would a corporation allow one of their people to spend that kind of time and effort mentoring an entrepreneur? And I think you just gave us a hint, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, businesses, large businesses, um, you know, they have employees internally, but they they, they send a lot of contracts out um, to other small businesses, tier one, tier two, to um, support their efforts in in reaching their own clients as well. You know, when we talk about bottling, for example, we're talking about Coca-Cola. And interestingly enough, one of the businesses in our 2017 class, um, Brian McBroom with SELIS actually purchased his business. So he went into the business by acquisition. Um, His background was in Cummins, you know, huge manufacturing conglomerate. And he was like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to do my own thing. And he actually provides um, bags and uh, some parts necessary for bottling companies to support the Coca-Cola supply chain. So that's just one example of um, of why it's important to develop suppliers because they are businesses, small businesses, because they they contribute to the supply chain and to making uh, most of these corporations uh, more effective uh, and more efficient. Incredible. Yeah. So give us an idea of the of the process here. So so you have an entrepreneur, someone who wants to grow their business from what startup stage or maybe. So we don't work with startups. We our okay. focus is you know a million to thirty million at least three years in business. Okay, they already have to have gotten going. At least three full time employees. Okay. And, and again, that million dollar, at least that million dollar in annual revenue, because what we're trying to do 
is to accelerate them, develop them, build their capacity, help scale so that they can do business with Fortune 500s, 100, government, et cetera. So we, we need that infrastructure to be intact. And we're also about creating jobs. And so that's our sweet spot right now, that one to 30 million mark. So how do they qualify? So they've got, again, you know, the, the requirements are the, the ones that I mentioned, the right. three years in business, three full-time employees, million to 30 million in annual revenue. Uh, we work with Georgia-based business or businesses that have a very large presence in brick and mortar in Georgia. Um, and they've got to submit an, an extensive application I was to wondering us. About oh, that. yeah. Yes. They, actually, I'm glad you asked. They have to be nominated into our program. By who? By business chambers, um, economic development authorities, alumni of our program, both, both consisting of um, small businesses and corporations, uh, or networks like the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center, or uh, you know, business leaders in the community that are actively going out and supporting small business. So they've got to be nominated in. No self-nomination uh, is allowed. And, and, and here's the deal. We're looking for business leaders and uh, companies that are on a path and a chart to accelerated growth, high potential growth. And we're looking for very specific skill sets and drive within these CEOs. And we also want them to be community and civic minded and oriented because when you take a look at some of the services and resources that we provide in this program, which is uh, on average about 72 hours of one-on-one corporate mentoring training in the year. Wow. 60 hours of educational training, 24 speakers in our program, access to 150 corporate mentors, and our 400-plus alumni there is there we need them to be really good stewards of all that's coming their way. So we vet them. They've got to submit an application. Yeah. Um, we want to take a look at their uh, strategic plan, their marketing plan. What are their goals? What are their areas of of deficiency that they want to work on and develop? Um, what are their strengths? Who are they certified with? We want to know it all. The next step after they apply, Al, is um, that we have an opportunity to sit down and meet with them one-on-one for about 30 minutes. And we ask them, you know, what drives you? Why do you want to run this business? Why do you want to scale? Why do you want to be a part of the program? What inspires you to kind of get up and go? Because again, we're looking for that high potential growth CEO to be a good steward of all the resources we're pouring in and then go back out when they finish it and pour it back out to somebody else. Well, after hearing from Jennifer, there might be some more questens like, where is this all going in the end? (laughs) I've listened to you talk, Veronica, and it's great because it's like we kind of do the same thing just for a different you know, different means. Oh, I, I agree. I started to say a different end, but it's really not even a different end. It's kind of the same end. So that's exciting to 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 meet somebody else that uh, we do the same thing. I know one of the things that we were talking about earlier um, is, is that you were talking about how, you know, it's a new day every day. It's not the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. mundane. And that's one of the things that I love the most about what I do is getting a chance to sit in um, and see from the CEO's perspective, you know, their business, their life, their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, and learning so much about so many different industries. I mean, we develop manufacturing, logistics, um, you know, people in professional services, you you know, law firms, um, construction firms. Um, and so it's just really, really 
fun. I, I can't oh, complain. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Veronica, when we help them realize those dreams, it's, you know, that's when you go home and you can put your head on the pillow and feel really good about what you do. Well, let me tell you about feeling really good about what you do. I got an email two weeks ago from one of the businesses in our 2014 class. And she sent me an email. Her name is Debbie Benet with Core Technology. She said, Veronica, I just want to let you know the value of mentoring and how it's helped me. I just won with 10 other companies, and I'm by far the smallest company, a a $50 billion federal contract. And my slice of the pie, I think, was around $1 billion, she was saying. Uh, But she she directly... Yeah, I know. And and she she attributes her success in that with the mentoring that she got through Lockheed Martin, which is a huge federal player. Fabulous. Uh, And just like her, we have stories like Vidart, Sid Ahmed, who grew his business from 12 million in 2012, and he's pushing 110 million in annual revenue. Diversified his 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 company, moved from staffing to Internet of Things to machine learning, artificial intelligence. I mean, it's a fun time. I'll bet you must really get some fulfillment out of getting emails like that, right? Your Go to sleep feeling really good yeah. about what we do, and thanks in large part to the corporations that decide this is worth their time to develop the small business community here. So. Big kudos to our corporate partners. That's great. And of course, those corporations, they benefit because mentoring builds leadership, doesn't it? Absolutely. I always say mentoring matters far beyond what you can expect. Far beyond. So once again, this is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. And we're talking good business here with our guest today. This is your host, Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And Veronica, We actually, I want to make sure folks know that we are coming close to our deadline for our 2018 class. So you need them to get in with you now, right? Get going. That application takes a while. That application (laughs) takes a while, and it's definitely worth your time. Okay, so how do they get involved? Tell us uh, contact information. How do people, if they want to get involved, how do they do it? Sure. Well, first, we'd like to to visit our website at www.georgia, spelled out, M for mentor, P for protege. C for connection.org, O-R-G. And you will find uh, the application online. You'll find the 2018 calendar. You'll find um, where you need to uh, send the uh, link for someone to nominate you. You can say, hey, I really want to be in this program. Nominate me now. I'm sending in my application. So that one might be like a referral, maybe. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely a referral, Al. I'm with you there. All right. That's great. Thank you so much. This is exciting. Thank you. Let's... Uh, Let's hear from a business owner who we've talked about manufacturing. We've talked about service businesses. David, you've got both, right? Atlanta uh, Closet and Storage Solutions, one of my clients. That is correct. Yes. Al is my mentor when it comes to, I'm sorry, Al is my mentor when it comes to sales. Yeah? Yes. So. And how's that going? Well, I don't know. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure I want to ask that. We didn't come here to talk about that today. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I don't know if you've ever taken advantage of a program like Veronica is talking about. I don't know if you've ever even thought about what Jennifer's talking about. Is Where is this all going and how do I get out? What's um, the best way? I have questions. Let me tell you. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> have yes. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So let's, what, let's talk about your business. And, you know, and we hear, I hear a lot of, of your competitors out there advertising, talking about 
remodeling closets and being more structured and more organized and blah, blah, blah. What's, tell us about your business and what makes you so special. Uh, well, it's, it is definitely a hot industry. You probably hear a lot of advertising and, and every week yeah. we're very into the, the trade publications and it seems like every week another big player is getting into the, into the closet game and, yes. uh, and uh, going gangbusters. Um, and just uh, the fact is people, Americans like to buy stuff. We love our closets. We love clothes. <laughs> we love things. We love gadgets. We have pantries full of appliances. And we need a place to put all that stuff. And so that's what's keeping everybody going in the closet business. Um, what's different about us is that I'm, um, I'm a furniture and cabinet maker by trade for 25 years. So I, I got into it from the construction, from the manufacturing side, from, mm. the, from the engineering side of the installation. So I'm more of a nuts and bolts guy not so much the marketing and the sales. So if you visit our showroom compared to the other showrooms, you'll see it's maybe not as fancy. Uh, it's more of a working environment, but we have all the capabilities that the other companies have. Uh, and what really sets us apart is the attention to detail, the fit and finish, the fact that we're not trying to install five closets a day. We install one closet at a time. And so we can take the time with our clients to really find out what's, what's motivating them, what's important to them, what's going to really what's going to make the difference to them to really enjoy that closet, uh, both, both from an enjoyment point of view and also functionality, make it easy to use and make their life easier. Yeah, that's yeah. what struck me when I visited your, your showroom and then you took me behind the door and showed me the <laughs> manufacturing. That to me was the most impressive part. I mean, you really do uh, uh, pay attention to the details. So you're consultants with the homeowner uh, uh, and you also have a commercial side of your business. I want to talk to that, about that too. But you're a consultant uh, to to the the customer, uh, but you also manufacture your own stuff a lot, right? So tell us about that. That's exactly right. So we we fabricate everything in house. We've got the automated equipment, and uh, and the software is what really drives it. The, the software goes from design to the manufacturing. They call it screen the machine, or you may have heard of CAD CAM, computer aided design, computer aided manufacturing. So. Where we really wow people is we show them their room in 3D. We can rotate the room. We can zoom in and zoom out. We can turn walls on and off. So you can really get a feel for what that project is going to look like without before we have to cut anything or even order anything. And um, so it really gives the, the customer the opportunity to really see what they're going to get and, and understand the differences when we talk about, we give them options with do this way or that way. It's not just talking. We're showing them the, the difference. Okay. And you came from the cabinet making side. That's right. That's How'd you decide to become an entrepreneur? Where that, where that, what happened there? Well, you know, actually that decision came way a long time ago because I, I started my business in 1988 and that's the only business that I've started. So I'm not exactly a serial entrepreneur. I maybe, yeah. maybe fell into it because I was, I didn't, I didn't go into it. The idea I, I want to start a business. It was, I want to build furniture and cabinetry. Okay. And the business sort of grew alongside of that or, or along with that. For, Probably never heard that story before. Have you, <laughs> for Veronica? 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we, started build, we started making parts for a small closet business about 12 years ago. Okay. And that has grown into what it is today. We took the whole thing over in, in 2010. So we've been primarily focused on closets and storage for seven years. That's great. Yeah. And then you do, so, you do a lot of residential, but you do commercial as well. well. Tell us about the commercial side. Well, it's, it is primarily residential and our commercial side takes on two aspects. We do some small business, some uh, installation work, storage items for small businesses, okay. but, but primarily it's more of a wholesale than commercial yeah. side. So we manufacture parts for other businesses. Okay. So both other closet companies, either 
in Atlanta, small companies or, or in other regions yes. in, in the Southeast, but not quite in Atlanta. Yes. Um, and we also have products that we sell to people who are not in the closet industry. I and mean, our machines don't really mind what they cut. So we have, yeah. we have the opportunity to cut products for a wide range of industry. Yeah. And uh, so we're actually looking to develop more of those clients as well. And I was fascinated because you, you did work for the fraternity house where I spent four and a half years at Georgia Tech. Yeah, Talk about a coincidence. How about that? Yes. Yeah. So, yes, indeed. And I know it needed it badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those rooms are, uh, are tight and there's a lot of guys in there. And again, yeah. they're all coming from these houses where people have a lot of stuff. And boy, you'd be amazed what people bring to their college dorm room these days that we, we didn't have to consider 30 years ago when I was in college yeah. or more. I had okay. Yeah. So tell us about on the residential side. I, I get it that people want to be organized, structured. They want to get rid of junk maybe. But do they really? I mean, why, do they, why does a homeowner want to engage with you? Well, it's uh, it's rarely because they want to get rid of junk. Really, that's not us. That's, that's the right. we haul junk people. Yeah, yeah. but when you yeah. when you organize your closet, and, and you often, got to throw some stuff away. And that <laughs> is often a big part of the process is when we say, "What are you going to be putting back in here?" Well, I'm going to take the opportunity to purge. But mainly, well, it it it, it can be a wide range of reasons. It could be purchasing a new home, and you per- uh, someone who's purchasing a home that doesn't have the nice closets that they're used to in the home that they're in. It's one of those things that once you have a nice closet, it's real hard to go back to that wire shelving and, and something that doesn't really give you the function and the, and the beauty that you're used to. Yeah, so, I see Jennifer nodding so, over there. She mm-hmm. understands the seller. I like my closet. Women are smiling. <laughs> Women in the room are smiling. And mm-hmm. as a professional advisor, shoes, David. Shoes. shoes are important. I used to have a big problem with shoes because we have a lot of shoes in our house. And you know what? I don't have a problem with shoes anymore. I love shoes. <laughs> Give me some I more shoes. shoes. Yeah, well, especially yeah. other people's shoes. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's great. So you must have some crazy stories, huh? Can, tell us your craziest oh, customer story. Can we, you get you got well, one? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they're listening or not. But um, we had uh, don't, don't use names. names. <laughs> no names. Yeah. Say there's this guy we named Al. A, <laughs> we had a we had a a couple last year. Uh, this fellow was pushing a hundred, and uh, he was at ninety something years old. And his wife, who was sixty something years old, who looked like she was about nineteen. Apparently, she's some kind of fashion model. But Isn't there a song about that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> apparently, she's um, mainly designed miniskirts. And so, wow. you go up into their condo. It was up on the 20-something floor of one of these buildings downtown. And the whole place is full of mirrors and mannequins wearing miniskirts. Wow. Yeah. And it's, apparently, these are like the these are the accoutrement from their shows that they do. So, yes. that's, that's not the decor in the apartment, but it kind of is, actually. So. Yes. It was very definitely an interesting situation. So, yeah. what was the result? I mean, they got they got they got organized, right? Your help, and we did some beautiful closets. And he uh, he was a real mm. interesting fella, and and real a little unusual. And he but he really knew what he wanted, and he wanted something that was different than than what the usual installation is. And we were able to accommodate it. Yeah, you specialize in that. Don't that's you? exactly right. We do yeah. the things that, that, and that's even when I was doing cabinetry and furniture over the years, I was the one who did the stuff that the people who did routine, people who just did kitchens day in and day out, they didn't want to do the ones that I got the ones they didn't want to do. So I was always a little bit more intricate as far as making things fit and dealing with curves and angles. And and that's one of the other things that really sets us apart now, actually, is a lot of the other closet companies, they're limited to rectangular parts. They can only cut rectangles. And when they get involved in angled ceilings or angled walls, they they kind of stop where the angle stops. And we don't have to do that. We can, we can build above, uh, for instance, a lot of closets are over a garage or in an attic space. And so the walls are only four feet high or six feet high. And then the ceiling angles from there. And we can build up to that angled ceiling to put a taller 
oftentimes put double hanging clothes where, where the wall really isn't tall enough for it or, or to fit an unusual space with an angle. Yeah. Wall. So, so that's, that's a, that's the fun part to me. That's the part that, that you have to really kind of think about how are we going to make this fit without just cutting rectangles and, and then, and using fillers. Okay. So, and, yeah. and we've worked together because I mentioned you're a client of ours and, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, um, I'm just thinking, you got this attention to detail. You're, you're excited about the solution, making it something that the homeowner is just going to love in the end. But don't they sometimes say things like, you know, David, I can get this cheaper from somebody else? Well, sadly, yes. There's always someone out there who's more interested in a low price, both from a supplier point of view and from a customer point of view, who's more interested in a low price than, than the quality and the durability and the fit and finish. Yes. And, and I, I understand that. We're not, we're not the perfect match for every customer. Some people, they're just looking for the basics. They may not be in their home for very long, and so they, they don't see it as an investment. They see it as something just to get them by for a few years. That's fine. I can recommend some other people that may be a better fit for you. Good. But, the, but if you're really looking for the quality, the attention to detail, the, the, the higher quality hardware, fit and finish, then we might just be a good match. Just might be. That's that's excellent. Thank you for sharing with us. Once again, I, this is Simon. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I have to say it because I've just been sitting here thinking ah. But the value proposition is that you go way beyond the angle. You know, it sounds yeah. like you're really innovative in the solutions that you provide. So, you know, it's tailor-made, you know, and everybody wants to feel like their their closet is the special closet. I mean, you keep your best stuff in there. And I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that the next guest might be a really good strategic alliance. You, you doing a segue <laughs> here? Brian? I don't know. I, I might have just heard a segue. Oh, yeah, I apologize. Sure about that. Yeah, but actually, uh, you know, when you're talking about the home that you that you want to stay in maybe and you want it to be functional and you want to feel good there but also if you're thinking about selling i know because i've seen my wife do it when we go look at a home she's looking at the The closets and i'm looking at the garage which you also do we do garages absolutely man caves and the storage the storage pantries pantries are big also because they're first looking at the kitchen before they look at the closets Ah. and the pantry is a big i've got a job for you david the laundry room laundry is, room. is laundry often room. missed. Oh, yeah. And mud room. We, yeah. we say anywhere you have a need to get and stay organized. There you go. One suggestion that I could, I would love for you to instill to your client base is I see in all the homes still today, doesn't matter if it's a 2,000 square foot home, 30,000 square foot home, I go in and the closet is literally a broom closet in their master bedroom. <laughs> but I always suggest to all of our clients to hang their trousers, slacks, pants, however you want to refer to them, upside down by the cuffs. Unfortunately, regardless of the uh, 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 the home price, they nor- nine times out of ten, they do not have the space to hang their trousers upside down, and that is the best care for them. It's looking to me like there might be a referral partnership <laughs> developing here between Travis and David. I'm just saying. I don't know. Anyway, this is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Your host, Al Simon, talking with terrific guests today. David, Atlanta Closet and Storage Solutions. If someone wants to talk to you, how do they do it? Ah, the good question, Al. So the first, first stop would be our website, atlantacloset.com. No S on the end for you Southerners who like to add S's to the end of everything. Atlanta Closet. AtlantaCloset.com. Or you can call us at 770 
330-5354. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Travis. How you doing? Last but certainly not least. So, McMahon's Clothing. Perfect enunciation. Yeah, well, because you wrote it out here, McMahon's. <laughs> <laughs> because you know me, and I tend to go, McMahon. I need all the help I can get, and I try to provide that myself for others. There you go. So, you step up the image of Gwinnett County men one suit at a time, it says here. That's what we're doing. How'd you get into this business, Travis? Uh, good question. Uh, I say good question because my story is a little bit more unique. Um, I've actually been involved in the clothing industry for most of my life in some form or fashion. <laughs> Dramatic pause. In all seriousness, from uh, helping my older brothers dress uh, when we were in high school to uh, actually majoring in fashion merchandising in college uh, at the University of Alabama Roll Tide. Can we say that? I don't know. It could be edited out. I'm not sure. And uh, worked a brief stint in retail, a uh, brief stint in uh, New York, the largest private buying office, and then actually got into this side of the business back in 1998 with a larger company. After a few years, realized that was more geared towards sales, whereas the product of clothing was more secondary or maybe even follow after that. Began to realize actually clothing it wasn't just something I liked. I mean, it was truly a passion, more of what it can do for people. So that's kind of where it stemmed, which is also what separates. It's a big difference of what uh, my company and, and how we do things. So you're looking for people that want to look good for a reason. Right. Whether it's a tool. Most of our clients, it's just a tool in their arsenal for business. Yes. A lot of them, they do like clothes. They mm -hmm. enjoy it. Uh, but most of them, it's just another tool. Okay. So... So let's talk about that because as a professional who speaks and trains and I want to look good too, and it, but my... Oh, and you do. Oh, thank I, you. I can say that again. Is that a custom shirt hey, you got Al, on there? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. This is off the rack. All right. Sorry. okay. Sorry. But I, I have this, this perception that custom clothing is expensive, right? And don't, I'm sure you work with that a lot, right? You hear sure. that a lot. So what's your response to that? No. It's all relative, right? You can buy custom shirts made here in the States for $165, and you can go to Nordstrom's or Neiman's and buy a shirt made offshore for $175 that's made for a mannequin, or you can maybe go for a shirt that's actually made specifically for you. I'm guessing that was a key phrase there, made for a mannequin as opposed to... Are you saying that some of your clients don't look like mannequins? That Travis? is correct. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to say none. None. Even myself. I'm very difficult to fit. Why is uh, that? Uh, I've just got a weird shape. Even the, just because some guy looks like they're built like a hanger, all right, perfect to hang anything on. Yes, doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. Okay, so it's actually uh, the the the, the uh, personalized part of that, the customized part of that, is the key word, right? If Correct. you want to look good, off the rack, probably not going to get you there. It can. You know, we offer a little bit of off the rack. I mean, we have suits says start at three ninety nine. You know, yeah. and that's going to include somebody coming to you, me coming to you, measure, fit, deliver at three ninety nine. Are you going to have a ton of options? Not necessarily, but we're going to have master tailors actually do the adjustments, not some seamstress. So there's a lot more we can do with the tailoring, so that that garment is tailored specifically for you. Excellent. 
And I'm always curious when I see you out and about and networking and such, and, and I'm always curious as to what you're wearing and why you're wearing it. So you must see a lot of changes, obviously. Do you, do you feel pressure to keep up with the trends and fashion? No, not pressure. I mean, one, it's of interest, but I mean, you know, it's just part of the, the responsibilities. I mean, clients, uh, most of my clients are not following trends, but they always want to be updated. Hey, what's going on? Okay, well, I'm not going to do that, but it's nice to know. Yeah. Um, but as uh, clientele get older, always have to uh, work with the younger folks as well. So we need to be in tune with what the current trends are. Um, find that middle ground for a lot of our clients where they're comfortable in presenting themselves as well as, as well as their company. Okay, and I've noticed that business casual has really changed in, in recent years as to what that really means. Uh, we see un- you wouldn't believe it in this room. I mean, everybody yeah. is wearing a suit today, right? Well, is every all yeah. the listeners hearing that everybody's wearing suits? Everywhere's today. okay. Everybody's, everybody's wearing That's suits right. today. Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen shirts untucked with or without a jacket. What's up with that? Is that really acceptable these days? Uh, you know, I think we were talking about it earlier. It's really what what is acceptable for. Your, posi- your position, um, your company, your corporate environment, the image that you want to project as an individual or as a business owner or as a, an executive or a rock star or a wrestler, whatever it is. If you talk to suit manufacturers, man, they're telling you we're selling more suits and making more suits than ever before. The younger generation has been inspiring that. And if you talk to sportswear really? companies, they're saying the same thing. But yet the retail retail industry is not doing well as a whole, right? Correct, as a whole. If everybody's selling more stuff, how is that possible? Well, and the reality of it is, bottom line, there's too much product in the marketplace. That's it. So So it's a buyer's market. It is. And and so we're seeing the department stores getting weeded out, hundreds and hundreds of stores. So that's going to help the market. Similar to the housing industry, when there's too much product, you know, you got problems. So... Until the inventory is cleaned out, the stores close, become more. There's so much carryover. There's so much popularity. And this company is making this. Well, we can do that same thing, too. And everybody wants to expand instead of specializing. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And here you are. I mean, they really are. You've already got it figured out. No. I was talking with a friend of mine from college. He has 10 outdoor stores. And he's trying to figure out. What, what's happening? I mean, it has drastically changed uh, just in the last two or three years. I mean, it's obviously been changing for a long time, but the consumer has making, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big, uh, the top folks in the industry all over the world are, can't figure it out. Really? And, and then with that, a lot of people, you know, we're in the midst of expanding. I'll say that. So things are good. But while one of the first internet custom sites started years and years ago. They were one of the originals of getting custom garments uh, online. They are actually opening up brick and mortar stores. Are they? Why? So it's as, as much as you hear as all these stores shutting down, yeah. there's also so many that are actually opening doors. Just trying new things? But they're not overly populating their inventory. At the end of the day, a lot of uh, specialists and uh, consultants, analysts will say, look, if, if you... Offer a product that people want, and you provide the service that folks want, they're going to come to your store. Yeah, and you know, the internet of things is changing, you know, dramatically how consumers purchase. You know, you you, you go to one place and you can buy things that you used to have to go to 
you know, a, a particular store to get, whether it was a tool or, you know, whatnot. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, folks driving to one place to consolidate their purchasing. But at the same time, you're also seeing this feel in the community of coming back to community. And so mm-hmm. those those um, retail stores that you're talking about, a sole proprietor or, you know, your store and you're expanding, but it's that kind of small town feel, but customized feel. And there's also opportunity for, you know, internet purchases as well for you guys, because folks are trying to purchase more from people that are actually manufacturing it. So, you know, it's an interesting um, time period that we're living in right now. And it's some things are shaking through. Um, so we're, we're kind of shifting and seeing what's going to stay. A lot of the big box has to consolidate, you know, and, and then you, you've seen, you know, major um, malls. And then you see people now going out um, into, you know, developments and, uh, you know, consolidating their retail store, not making them as, as, bi- as big as he's mentioned before, you know, smaller, but going out to communities. So it's things are changing. And the biggest thing, oh, sorry, the... For the uh, retailer that is, is, has been the manufacturers going to the, directly to the consumers. Uh, some started recently, some started years ago. And so when you're, uh, and, and the, which, which was never the case before, you, were, you had one store, you had 20 stores, uh, the manufacturer you know, worked with you, marketed with you, and now they're competing with you. Mm. And so, you know, all the experts I talk to, one of the keys is you can't possibly, you just can't offer merchandise that's all over the internet, whether it's from the manufacturer uh, or Amazon or somewhere else. Because? Uh, if it's readily available everywhere else, what's, what are you going to offer while you're probably going to kill them in customer service and, and the environment yeah. and, and the culture and you're still, it's not a good idea. Well, and Travis, I just wanted to say, I I love what you do because I love clothes and I love shoes and I love bags. Those are my personal passions. Those that know me well. (laughs) And And I have a nice closet to put them in. (laughs) Designed um, by David. Shoes and bags are a good business to be in. And in the the world we live in where brick and mortar is going away, for me, I want to touch and feel. I want to feel the quality of the fabric. I want to try it on. I want to see it. Me too. And I, I don't, you know, I very rarely order any kind of clothing product off the internet unless it's something that I have purchased before and I'm replacing it. I know exactly how it's going to fit. Um, so I love what you do. I also like to be, I don't, I'm not necessarily trendy because we're business and we have to be, you know, conservative, but I want to be trendy within line. I don't want to look like everybody else. I want to be unique. So I, I love what you do in that aspect of um, not looking like you just walked out of a big box store. And I want to say, kind of switching gears just before we uh, get too far into it, I wanted to say I can't su- suggest to any of your prospects, clients about the due diligence. Uh, there's a gentleman that um, similar in my business where we uh, work with our clients in their home or office, come to them, personal tailoring, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. He built up a, a big, big business, sold it. Uh, and the gentleman who bought it uh, was bankrupt and, uh, and filed bankruptcy in within, I think, 10, 11 months. Ugh, and the bottom line was he didn't do the due diligence mm-hmm. of what su- was supporting yeah. the revenue. The personal touch just wasn't there. So you come in, and you, you've got sample uh, of cloth. Right, and and you've got design, and you and you just have a conversation with the with the uh, client. Is that what you do? That's right, and try and expedite it. Most of our clients mm-hmm. are guys that don't have time to shop or don't want 
want to shop, don't have the inclination to go schlepping around the malls, Yes, uh, but they still want a good value. Other guys, they are just hard to fit and they don't have any other options. Okay. Um, so generally, yep, we see our clients at their home or their office. Generally, uh, initially, like to see them at their home so we can do a wardrobe inventory, find out what they like, what they don't like, what they have, what they don't have. And tell them they need to change their closet and here's a guy you should talk to. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I had that conversation of yeah. hanging the trousers upside down there by the go. cuffs, which is best, but most guys, nine times out of ten, they don't have the closet space to be able to do that. Now, that side of the closet's for me and my dresses. <laughs> I have a feeling that Al was very strategic in putting this group together. I just see referrals left and right, Al. <laughs> referrals. It's interesting you mentioned referrals. We haven't talked about that much, but uh, absolutely. And further uh, in <laughs> those closets, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but it's okay. I mean, it, it, wool, tell, wool needs air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, need, they, it wants air to flow through them, not these vinyl bags wrapped around them and sealed through it. And so when you build these clauses, then they're, they're just crammed the, the men's jackets and coats, polyester, that's fine. But wool, it needs air to flow breathe. through. Yeah. Okay. So good to know. Um, I think I've got work to do in my own closet. Yes. Yes. All right. Air well, is key. I know what my house is a priority as to who gets the space and it is not my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I, I do. Well, yes. in my house, we knock down a room to make a closet. <laughs> hey, hey, we love clients like you. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> so, yes, um, do a complete inventory, gentlemen's wardrobe, if they want that, if they want suggestions based on their skin, their hair, their eyes, who they're coming in contact with, who they're seeing for their business. Are they traveling? Are they dealing with A, C level uh, employees, internal meetings? Uh, are they selling? Are they meeting prospects? Are they everything we take into consideration as far as how our suggestions based on the individual's wants and needs. If they want that, if they just want to buy clothes and invest in clothes, we can do that too. Well, Travis, I'm guessing there are listeners who want to contact you like right now. So how would they do that? You can easy. Go to the website, mcmclothing.com. M is in Mary or Mac Mahans. C is in cat. <laughs> M is in Mary. Clothing.com. Uh, mcmclothing.com. That's right. All right. And, and that's the easiest way to do it? They can, or shoot me a text at 770-309-6597. 770-309-6597. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. It's been fun, folks. Isn't it great? I'm yes, just honored to be it. with Simon. That's some great people. Yeah. So the this sales is, king. This is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. Your host, the sales king or guru. It fits. <laughs> uh, Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And uh, we have heard today from Jennifer Bailey with Walden Businesses. Yes, nice to meet you all. Yeah, and we've heard from Veronica Maldonado-Torres from Georgia Mentor Protege Connection. Good job, Al. Thank you. I do like to to hear her say it versus you. Just says it much better. Go ahead. Veronica Maldonado-Torres with the Georgia Mentor Protege Connection. Just like like (laughs) melted butter. On Al Simon's Let's Talk Small Business. There you go. David Buxbaum with Atlanta Closet and Storage Solutions. Terrific client of ours. Wonderful people. Do great stuff for your closets. And then Travis Giles with McMahon's Clothing. McMahon's. So once again, Al Simon. Simon says, let's talk business. Until next time, good selling. 